Now, I actually heard that they're bringing in like a really like kind of muscular buff vampire and it's going to be played by Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's going to give you like a tagline every time he buy bite you know eat somebody it's like bite to know you and then like run off <laughs> is that true at all have you guys seen that <laughs> I, I didn't want to spoil it for anybody Mark but there you have it that guys. could totally work I'm in I'm here for that Welcome, everyone, to Vampire Insider. Conrad Lorenz and Nico Tinbergen demonstrated that an animal's instinctive drives could often be triggered by stimuli that were unnatural amplifications of the normal cues for which their sensory systems were designed to light up. For instance, birds who normally sit on their own light blue eggs will preferentially sit on larger, brighter blue eggs if offered a choice. Cuckoos take advantage of this natural instinct by pursuing a strategy of cuckoldry when they lay their eggs in the nest of warblers who end up raising the baby cuckoos to the detriment of their own reproductive best interests. Why are we talking about the reproductive habit of birds on a show about vampires? Because as we wait for the first episode of AMC's interview with the vampire launch, we are talking about why people, particularly women, find vampires to be so appealing and even downright sexy. We're going to be talking about our recent polls, what makes a vampire a vampire, why women find vampires attractive, and how authors and screenwriters make us forget that we're idealizing what are fundamentally half or fully dead apex predators. Thank you for coming to listen to us each week, and thank you for sharing us with a friend. Hello, Joanne Palumbo. Hi, Mark Snedeker. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Hello, Christina LaRusso. Hello, Mark. Hello. You're. I really feel like I should make you do that introduction. One you could try, but then you Not should, again, guys. You should defend yourself <laughs> if that happened. Joanne, tell me what's new in the yeah. world of Interview with the Vampire. So we have a couple new things that have come out recently. There's a new teaser that was posted on Twitter by Immortal AMC. That's the Twitter page for the show. And it's a scene with Claudia. And someone asks who she is there with. And she says, my dad and my uncle were a family. And then it shows her all bloody at the end. So it was nothing too, too revealing. It was just kind of like a another glimpse at her character, which I am so excited for to see how um, Bailey Bass portrays Claudia. I think it's going to be amazing. And I know, Christina, you and I discussed something, but I don't think we ever talked about it on the podcast. So I think maybe we should bring this up. And that's the little tidbit that we learned that the show is not going to be just based on the interview with the vampire book, but rather the series of books as a whole. I've heard that we need to also, people should be, should have read if you, I guess if you really want to dive in and do a compare and contrast of how they're incorporating all of the various different story threads into this show. I.E. if you don't want to be a big goddamn loser. Well, or if you, you might not want to, you might just want to watch it for the pleasure of watching it and just let it all unfold. That's bullshit. But purists, I imagine, are going to want to read some of the other books. And I know that uh, Vampire Lestat is one of them. Queen of the Damned is one of them. They're going to have, they're incorporating more than just, 
interview with the vampire characters. Daniel Malloy in this version is going to have been, did we talk about this, Joanne, that he, this is him, but older. He's already done the interview. Yeah, I think we touched on that a little bit, that it's it's the continuation of the interview, but 40 years later. Mm -hmm. And we have learned a little bit more about Daniel Malloy as well, um, what he's been doing these past 40 years. Mm -hmm. He actually became a star journalist. And wrote a, you know, well-known big book on the AIDS crisis and the health epidemic of the 80s with AIDS. And he's also gay. Yes. What's exciting is that the some of the stuff that I saw from Comic-Con, because more of that is becoming available. And as a matter of fact, it's available on AMC Plus, Joanne. So if you have mm-hmm. AMC Plus already... You can watch the Comic-Con panel of them speaking about this, but they're talking about how they're not shying away at all from the fact that there are, you know, homosexual or queer relationships that are happening in this um, series. By the way, if you weren't prepared for that, I don't think you knew anything about Interview with the Vampire. (laughs) Well, I mean, but they're really going to lean into it. It's not going to be hinted at. It's going to be very explicitly and and rightfully so. I think that it, well, the time has come for that. You know, I did find out that there is a very explicit sex scene between Louis and Lestat where one is giving the other a blowjob. I'm not sure who is giving and who is receiving, but apparently it's, it's a really steamy, leaves nothing to the imagination kind of scene. I'm trying to understand is that, and there was a conversation I was I tried to get involved with, but nobody talked to me. Um, they were they were trying to figure out like what the what's going to be like the first scene, I guess, of the entire series. And I put my two cents in and I said that I think maybe it would be something along the lines of explaining how it's 40 years later with Daniel Malloy and the story that he told him is drastically different than the story we're about to have retold to us. So basically, so, Louis is a big liar. Could be. No, what I think. No, what I think they're going to do is it's going to be more like um, you know what we know. Forget what you know from the movie interview or from the book interview, and it's going to be them. He's going to like almost show a, a recap of it, hmm. and it's going to be like them back in the day. All right. So I think that's what we're gonna start out with. Is it's going to be like a redo of the original interview in order for it to make sense that this is an extension of that interview. So I think that's how it's going to start. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's Nobody interesting. Because I think I'm right. They, they better like, start calming it. down on all these changes. No. I, yeah. There's a lot of changes. There's, there's a lot of changes, but I think most of them is going to be for the better. It's going to add some spice to it and some different layers that we didn't know we needed. So we'll see. I, I agree. I I'm, I'm, as both of you know, I was not the fan of the movie that the two of you were. There is so much that one could mine just from interview with the vampire. And, uh, you know, the fact that they're going to be bringing in some of these others. And we also know that they are starting, I think they're doing pre-production on the Mayfair Witches or or maybe it's in production now. So that's going to be um, a part of this universe as well. So I, I'm here for it. I really think that this is going to be rich. I love the showrunners. Anybody who has worked on Breaking Bad or Better right. Call Saul, for me, they're going to put out a quality product. It's not going to. They're not going to skimp on Very quality. True. If you come into the show with the expectation that it's going to mirror the books, it's going to be the you know Anne Rice story that you know and you love. You're going to be severely disappointed. Agreed. I I, I think it is. Yeah. I think you're right. 
Well, and you really should, in my philosophy on things like this is you should really always approach adaptations with that kind of mindset, which is it, it can't possibly be the same as the book because it would be a 500 hour movie. You want it to be somewhat true to the source material, but they're not going to make it completely true to the source material. It's not practical. I think you're going to be very happy yeah. because I've come to the realization that I'm about 95% sure there will be any day walking. Thank God. Cause you know how I feel about yeah, day walking. Like that. And we'll talk about that later when we talk about powers of vampires, and I'll make my feelings well known. Nobody cares. (laughs) No, they don't, but I will still do it. Well, I think that I get what you're going for there, Joanne, because at one point they say to, I've seen a scene where they say, Daniel says, so you must have seen him only at night or something. You must have met only at night. And then he says, well, the nighttime in New Orleans is, you know, the daytime is for sleeping off what you've done the night before. So kind of normalizing that. However, I'm sorry, when I see him in that hotel room or wherever he is doing the interview, it looks like it's daytime outside. I I still have that little 5% of hope that they will day walk and make me as a bonus tip mark off. Every snippet I see, it looks so good. The one that, uh, it's a new trailer or a new compilation of images that they put out where they're all three of them walking with white, like, shifts or shirts linen shirts and they're all covered in blood yeah you love there's that something stuff. there's something very interesting about the way they're handling the blood in this it is definitely bloody there is right. no doubt about that but there is something very sensuous and very almost artistic and beautiful so far of what i've seen for how they're dealing with with the blood. Which is in stark contrast to, say, how they handled it in True Blood, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just like splat, blood splashed everywhere. It's not attractive. There's gore mixed in with it, mm-hmm. right? Which I know you love. Well, when they killed each other, when they killed the vampires in in um, True Blood. It was like this big spaghetti stringy mess. It was mess. gross. And then they had, but it, was, it wasn't frightening or upsetting it just looked stupid because it looked like jelly it looked like you know what it reminded me of do you remember poltergeist of course in the scene where they're pulling all that junk out and and it was like that's what it looked like to me it was like pink almost the blood it didn't look real so it was very like if you it's like if you bit into a jelly donut at the wrong spot yes use out the back yes yes with some bones that's happened to all of us i think (laughs) yeah who likes us hasn't had that happen contrast to that Buffy, where you can clean up a dead vampire with a dustbuster, right? <laughs> well, same if if uh, in interview, if they if they get burned, you know, well, if they get burned, they get burned they their ashes. Burn. Yeah, then exactly. you can sweep them up. But if you stake them, well, in, you, you in just leave them blood. in the courtyard and let them blow away on the wind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm very very excited though. It looks visually absolutely stunning. The costumes look really awesome. The the scenery is everything just. I think they really nailed that 1920, 1930s feel. This is from the vampire's perspective. So to them, blood is awesome, right? So it would be kind of, you know, delicious and delectable and appealing and, you know, visually stunning to them. They're, they love blood. Mm-hmm. So, they, you know, since it's from the vampire's perspective, it's not a huge surprise that they make that artistic choice. Oh, that's an interesting comment. I don't disagree with you. Well, nor should you. <laughs> All right. Moving forward into this episode, Mark, you are, I'm not sure. It, it's going to be interesting to me to see if you find vampires sexy. I know that both Joanne and I do. 
I know that majority of the articles that I read as research for this episode indicate that it's almost purely women finding vampires sexy. I'm going to argue with that just a little bit. Because what I've come across is that it is women and, by the way, the queer community who have been very invested in the sexuality and the appeal of vampires physically. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you can even argue that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a metaphor. We talked about that yeah, at length in did. the episode. Yeah. I can't remember the number, but the episode where we talked right. about the, the book. Yeah. And allegory, yeah. uh, you're not wrong. I think that it does. I think that there is resonance in these stories for the queer community. Yep. Right, but don't you think it's kind of hard because there aren't any strong or popular major female vampire leads? Well, yeah, traditionally. Yeah, so it's really not for men, you know, for a straight male to be attracted to. Traditionally, yes, vampires have been portrayed as male. There are some exceptions, obviously, in uh, True Blood. There were some... Uh, female characters that were vampires. Um, right. The Underworld series with Kate Beckinsale. Kind of a not very traditional take on vampires, right? But, uh, she, I mean, she was female, right? So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think in general, it's been mostly focused on how sexy men vampires are, male vampires, that seem reasonable. Well, yeah, I think that we'll we'll get there as we as we talk about sort of how this evolves. Um, but one of the things that I read that kind of struck me as funny is a man writing for CNN said to most guys, vampires are the monster movie equivalent of that sensitive man sponge in college who plays acoustic guitar in order to seduce chicks. They're what you get when you cross your average Renaissance fair enthusiast with a <laughs> mosquito. <laughs> I mean, that's an interesting take. You know, I mean, I, I thought that it was an apt description. Renaissance fair enthusiast crossed with a mosquito. <laughs> yes, except they can Love also it. rip your head off. Yeah, right. Very powerful. Big mosquito. Yeah, like a giant. But Mark, as a man, do you look at a vampire, like a male, traditional male vampire, and think, is there anything about that that makes you wish you had some of those characteristics, not well, like the thing. First of all, like that. yeah. First of all, I'm slightly offended that you think I don't already possess them. Shame <laughs> <Sure>. on you. <that. laughs> Sorry. No, I, but I think, and, and we'll talk about this more as I kind of unveil my theory as to why people call think vampires are sexy. But for guys, I think I think you're right. There's a little wish fulfillment there, right? Why can't I just stare at a girl? and have her be infatuated with me. So I think that's a bit of it for men, but I think they're more interested in the puissance of vampires, right? Their strength, their superpowers, stuff like that. Well, John DeVore, this is yeah. the guy that I was saying was writing about the made the mosquito joke for CNN. He he actually it was a he said part of his game was to be a true blood fan. Oh, yeah. Because then he could impress ladies, women. Ladies, yeah. right. Okay, but what he, he was talking about, it, like his dude friends, they're much more interested in zombies and the zombie apocalypse. And there's a, there's a whole kind of thread of literature that talks about how men kind of like to be sort of 
their monster jam would be zombies because they feel protective and they want to protect the women right. and they f- they imagine different ways in which We're they would fight the them. zombies. Yeah. And women are watching vampires and and here again, so of course my perspective being a straight woman is that sort of the women are attracted to vampires for different reasons and we're going to get into what that is and and why but men can't find resonance because they can't really fight them they can't there's nothing really a guy can i mean you could but let me let me offer a possibility Mm -hmm. certain guys might like them Mm -hmm. and that would harken back to our introduction Mm -hmm. if they entertain cuckoldry fantasies for crying out loud mark (laughs) i'm telling you that's no that's a legit point if they entertain cuckold fantasies then vampires hold a certain attraction because they are apex predators they're irresistible they've taken your wife they ladies love them your hot wife is going for that vampire that's right exactly (laughs) and they don't even hide the fact that they're cheating on you because they got big two holes in the side of their neck. That's right. What I'd like to do is forge ahead with this episode and talk about, first of all, what key things make a vampire a vampire? So the key things for me that make a vampire a vampire would definitely be, obviously, I like mine walking in the sun. Mm-hmm. So the ability to stay walk is something that I look for in my vampires. But I think just in general, they need to be powerful they need to be um, have sort of a you know a dominating personality. You're not going to have this weak ass kind of you know whiny vampire. You, you that's not what you want. If you, if you when you think of a traditional vampire, it's, it's more about like I said, the power, the speed, um, the ability to be seductive. That sort of thing. They have to be attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Bad boy. Okay. Okay. Mark, what so are, what are Joanne's yours? approach is more, here's what I want in my vampire boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to give you. That's interesting. More. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm some give, promise some you. of what I want in my vampire boyfriend, there's a little more. I'm sure yeah. there is. I'm sure you would take issue with, for example, <laughs> the impotence of uh, you, Anne Rice vampires. You want him to have big pointy teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Joanne, the size of the teeth really don't matter. It's the sharpness <laughs> and how they use boy. them. Here are the characteristics of a vampire coming from a tradi- a literary tradition and mm-hmm. a, a cinematic tradition. Okay. All right. They are undead, mm-hmm. right? They're not alive in the way that we're alive, but they're not dead like a corpse, mm-hmm. right? They're somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, traditionally, they've been created by another vampire. Mm-hmm. They have sharp fangs because they subsist on blood, right? They need blood to continue or to have energy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they do that by drinking the blood primarily of other of humans, mm-hmm. but they can sometimes take blood from other sources. Um, they are traditionally and correctly vulnerable in the sun. Mm-hmm. They are, uh, they typically will sleep in a coffin, right? <laughs> what are you Not laughing at? I said well, typically. Typically, all right. He's doing the, he's doing the traditional. I'm giving you what the definition look. of a vampire is. Now, okay. I know that in modern, and I'll talk about how we've departed from that as we've gotten further on. Because you can't really say all vampires are sexy because we did watch Nosferatu. In addition to that, they will often have other powers. Immortality, 
except they're vulnerable to a certain things, either a stake through the heart, religious paraphernalia, the sun, whatever it is. It varies somewhat. Mm -hmm. um, they will be typically very strong. They will be hard to kill. Mm -hmm. They have the power to mesmerize their victims mm -hmm. so they don't have to, like, hold them down struggling a lot of times. Mm -hmm. um, but they could because they they're can. super strong. They are super strong. So if you somehow get past the mesmerizing gaze, mm -hmm. they'll just grab your neck anyway and, mm -hmm. and, and eat you. Mm -hmm. uh, they will have sometimes have minions, and those often include things like rats. Oh, so familiars. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Bats wolves mm -hmm. right so that's not uncommon they will also often have servant human servants mm -hmm. who are somehow enslaved to the vampire and there's also an idea a lot of time of a hierarchy where the older vampire has more power and has some power over those vampires that he's made mm -hmm. so it's like a pyramid scheme right it's a blood <laughs> it's pyramid an MLS. Scheme. it is it's a multi-level marketing scheme with blood as the currency, okay? Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, they're often very pale, and the vampire has some traditional enemies. Mm -hmm. Van Helsing. Okay, so character. there are some humans that can add some art. So certain humans, should we say? Certain humans have kind of figured out vampires or have dedicated themselves to fighting vampires. Um, and then there's, you know, uh, other kind of miscellaneous things like sometimes they can't be seen in mirrors or in camera mm -hmm. whatever but i think that's basically what we all kind of agree vampires are mm -hmm. right i mean i think all of those are true i will lean back into more what joanne says with a slice of history okay so historically i know that people and this is one of the things that makes it so interesting to me that vampires are sexy yet i know that they are because there are vampires i find sexy so i know that it's true that it happens but it's it's confusing given the historical basis and folklore which is that vampires were bloated undead corpses that yeah. rose up out of their coffins and hunted victims and fed off of their life force which in that this sense is is translated to blood and this has been a folk tradition across space and time for s millennia but literally for millennia so that is what vampires are and we talked a little bit about how they kind of transition they're often linked to disease and the bringing of disease and they're often linked to the devil uh yep. not surprisingly especially obviously po once christianity is in full bore the idea of the devil is a big thing and vampires are linked in with that. Um, and so that's the historical thing. What, of course, I have come to understand vampires to be, and that is really based on my consumption of them through media, is that like a Dracula. So I would say urbane I would say that they are sophisticated. Vampires are old because of their immortality. I know that there must be new vampires, right? We saw that in evidence in True Blood, but I just prefer and feel more attracted and feel that it is more 
representative of vampires as a race for them to be old or ancient. Christina's looking up, not down. (laughs) (laughs) So, so they're, they're old. They have age to them. Uh, To me also, that means that they are along with their sophistication. They can be wise. I have this feeling that they've seen things so that they know what's what, right? They've, they've, they've experienced a lot. Uh, You know, a lot of the things that Mark said, immortal, all of that. Joanne brings up the other things that I think are true, powerful. I think that they are, uh, they're capable. Yeah, I, I'm surprised Joni didn't include things like has a tight butt, <laughs> great pecs. She asked you me, she asked me. <laughs> that to me is what a vampire is. I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't have a 15 Oh, no, no, long. I like yours the best so far. <laughs> I like that you described your perfect vampire boyfriend. I think that's excellent. Yeah, I mean, Mark was really <laughs> Mark. I know mine was so accurate. <laughs> All right, novella there. I mean, it really was. All right, I mean, and then he even threw in pale. Come on, Joanne. What we were sleeping on this description. I've got like five words. You've got five. Mark's got twenty-five paragraphs. Well, you know, I'm very <laughs> urbane. <laughs> when you ask me. Why do people, find, you know, what what do you find attractive in a vampire? I'm, I'm yeah. you guys already put my answer, but I'm going to say it again. No, uh, no, no, no. These are, yeah, these are what are the key things that make a vampire a vampire. Now we're going to get to the attractive. What makes them attractive? So these are all of the things. That, and like I agree. Six pack. No, and I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree with Joanne that there's like a dominating uh, personality. Absolutely. You even mentioned you referenced that because you said they were able to s- sort of seduce or or hypnotize, mesmerize, mesmerize people. Yeah. Uh, or their victims. Okay, that's what we think vampires are. And I love that we created this list. So we're going to refer back to that list after we take this little bit of a left turn. So Mark and I in our other podcast, Genix Temporaneous, have been talking about sexual fantasies and the way that men's and women's sexual fantasies differ. Yeah. And one of the books that I read is called A Billion Wicked Thoughts. In A Billion Wicked Thoughts, they go through all of the, they do a scrub of data of people doing searches for sex things online, right? Uh, Sexy things to turn them on. And so through filtering that data and working with it and manipulating it and, and thinking it over, the scientists come to the conclusion that there are two kind of impressionistic things that would represent or would be symbolic of like a male sexual fantasy and a female sexual sexual fantasy doesn't mean that okay. either, either of these things are the actual fantasy though they may be it is just a general image of all of the perfect things coalescing in one thing it's like a collage of sex it is a collage of sex and these all of these things would would trigger our sex cues so they argue that we're all born hardwired for taste cues salty sweet bitter etc in that in the same way i prefer my women salty and bitter (laughs) in the same way in the same way that we are born that way we are uh, hardwired for taste we are hardwired for sex and so men's and women's sex cues are different so men are interested joanne get this oh this is so weird this is this is something that makes mark feel really uncomfortable but this is it super does i've pushed back against (laughs) this okay so the monet impressionistic image for sex cues amalgamation of sex cues for men is big boobs right on big butt yeah whatever so far i'm every man's fantasy right on (laughs) 
You get it, girl. All right. Well, I could strip you up at some point, girl, but uh, small feet. She's got tiny feet. She's got the smallest feet feet of all time. Keep going. Keep going. A penis. She's got all of it. Good job, Joni. What? Are you sure? I don't. Tati, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, really? Okay. So, no. See, so this is redonkulous. No, it's just that they like to have all of those. Men are visual and they like to... I, I, I sense that Joanne may not have listened to her most recent episode. Uh, she never does. Gen X Temporanian. No, she really doesn't. <laughs> um, so that's what all a right, man... Let me, go, let me just try to wrap my mind around that because that this is the first time I'm hearing that. So a man like big boob, big butt, little feet, and penis. And a dick. And a dick, right? So that the Monet, so, uh, the Monet image for a man would be, uh, and also overarching all of that, of course, young. So naturally, so for men, look down, not up. These scientists argue that their ideal cue, and this wouldn't even be conscious. This is not. I'm not saying they're going and searching this on their. Local, I'm not. Yeah, I don't guarantee. I've never searched for that. I, I, their penis that they want the penis there like is it yes, because they're they just like, well, they wanted oh, they wanted than that so well they wanted <laughs> they wanted there and they want it big and i think it's it's wish fulfillment honestly but the, you and me both Bella. Can, can it can it be flying around the scene like a uh <laughs> like <laughs> i want there and i want it there yeah. I mean, can on. it be like a drone just circling around the woman with the great boobs is that possible uh yeah so they like to see they like to it's see. like the dick cam you know it's like just flying around <laughs> they like to see big peen in the in the videos all right so but this is well i mean you say big i'd say you know normal (laughs) (laughs) i'm still just thinking about they want them here and they want them big i'm like i don't you know no lies detected there you go absolutely not 100 percent accurate accurate i mean honestly nobody wants to see a small one because it just makes you sad you have never said anything so true in your i know life. you're there like that moment you're, you're, and you go, like, oh, oh mm. god here we go well, that's not everything it could have been <laughs> that's, not any, that's for sure oh it's gonna be a long 10 minutes <laughs> do you think that they like to see the big dick because like a you know a, a big dick like it's like giving it to the woman with like some yes. power behind yes it, yes that's exactly one it. is just like and they wimpy, imagine like, I'm super offended that you guys are now speaking for men no. at this point. <laughs> I think it's because they they well, and this is what was intimated in the book, is that it it is a, it's a wish fulfillment thing. It's or a um they would you know they would they are imagining themselves. They're putting themselves into the fantasy now. Oh, you mean like a really big dick then? <laughs> <laughs> All right, these are just jokes, people. <laughs> Oh, man, Mark, you're funny. Oh, they keep telling me that. So women, uh, men are interested in these, and it's just like a snapshot. Now, it doesn't mean that they're looking for anime, as I said. They're, but when you analyze what porn they look at, it's going to have to things. do, it's going to have those things. And also it's going to have, you know, like close-ups of body parts, and it's going to show women who are absolutely interested and into and excited about, about every dumb shit that's going on in there. Majority of men are in there. Of course, it's not everybody is the same. There's As we discussed. outliers on either end. And so whatever. So there's a, there's variation. But in general, we're speaking in general. Okay, for women, 
It's a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Joanne, for women, it's not just about visuals. Visuals help, and visuals are a part of it, but they are not even the most important part of it. So this is what's interesting about how Joanne and I talked about vampires. You were very scholarly and studied and, well i'm talking you know. about yeah the actual characters the vampires which i believe was the question it really is mark, you did uh, mark definitely understood the assignment he but always does christina and joanne <laughs> are looking for boyfriends proved the thesis <laughs> yeah. which is that women see vampires in a different way correct and the things that joanne and i talked about are the things that women find attractive and so when where men may have this anime girl, women's composite character, believe it or not, in 2011, was described by the authors of A Billion Wicked Thoughts as Edward Cullen. I mean, I, I agree with the sentiment. I don't agree with Edward Cullen, but I get where they're going with it. Right. Well, it was 2011. Who did they have to really dis compare that with? I mean, Angel, I True. guess. Spike. Yeah. But they had... Spike's um, so much cooler. But they had Louis. Or yeah. Lestat, I guess, right, right. Lestat. So this is what women think vampires are. We think that they're strong. We think that they are agile. That, uh, like Joanne said, dominating personality. They're seductive. They're immortal, which means usually like very powerful. Both of us did not mention this, Joanne, but this is actually going to also be a factor, which is because of their wisdom and their age and the length of time that they've existed, they frequently are wealthy. Well, I kind of did. I said urbane. Yeah, yeah. I guess urbane would suggest not a, lot of, a certain Not a lot class. of homeless or urbane people. I was going to say, I did have men of me. Men of me. Yeah, that there you go. Men of me. I didn't want to seem like a... <laughs> uh, a money grubbing. You didn't want to seem like a gold digger. Yeah. Uh, I, I ain't like saying you a gold digger. <laughs> you ain't never no, messed no. with no broke-ass vampires. <laughs> No, but, but they, you know, when, when I thought about what makes a vampire attractive to me, that was one of the things because I, you know, obviously. You take the money, <laughs> yeah, Joanne. You, from the crypt. Yeah, you actually. <laughs> Do you think that would be a vampire gang name, the crypts? Listen, your first marriage is for love. Your second marriage is for money. So if I'm going to commit to, you know eternity with somebody yeah you better believe it they better have some money in the bank. better have banks son. i'm not working i'm not working for the rest of eternity good call go, nor should you, know? you. no man you're just become famous podcaster we're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna sell yeah, our like, deal to spotify for 40 million dollars exactly. we're gonna be the joe <laughs> rogan of vampire podcast glamour everybody and be like listen to our podcast joanne your oh, voice just joey said. all right so all of these things that Joanne and described, Joanne and I described, are things that women find attractive. And Edward yeah. Cullen kind of fills that role. It's dated, right? It's a dated reference. After right. Edward Cullen, I imagine if he had waited a couple of years to do Matthew it, it would have been no, it, no, it would have been uh, Christian Gray. We're talking oh, yeah. about, you know, like he's not a vampire. It Damon Salvatore could have been in the end. It could have been Damon oh, yeah, Salvatore. Yeah. It's just that it, he do, they don't have to be a vampire, but right. it doesn't the, hurt. The vampire part of it doesn't hurt. They right. cre they present a certain type of man yeah. or represent a certain type of man, and those men are confident, dominant. They show an aptitude for leadership. They are competent. That means they can get things done. They have control of many resources. Unfortunately, getting things done sometimes involves you losing your life, but whatever. And at a certain point in the literature, they were no longer a danger 
to the right girl. Right. They or just, right person. They would protect and cherish yeah. her <laughs> instead of kill and change her. And the woman was always is always like, and it, it, it's the same thing I noticed it in Discovery of Witches. They always are like, you're never going to hurt me. You won't hurt me. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a common theme throughout all these relationships. So, guys, I actually did some research for this episode. I know that's hard to believe, Mark, but I did. I mean, and two out of three of us have. <laughs> I put up a question on Twitter and just asked, you know, what people find sexy about vampires. So I just want to share with you guys a couple of, you know, the responses that we got. At Good as Gold says that it's the danger and, you know, that the perennial bad boys are attractive. Then we have Sarah, who is at Sky Devil 85. She said... For her, it's how they act and what they know. She specifically is into old ones like Matthew de Claremont because he's a walking history book and has good manners and he's loyal. Eleanor, who is at Eleanor Fox Glove, is into the masochism of it, which, Christina, I see that you were like right on board with that with her. Jin Rebel, who is at Jin underscore Rebel DJ, said that they have a level of sophistication. They're distinguished and worldly and they're educated from their life experience. And they are internally seductive with a glance or gentle touch that envelops mystique and romanticism, which is lacking in today's time. And the last one, which is kind of my favorite, I thought this was pretty cool. It's from Susie Rose, and she's at Susie underscore Rose. She said that the novel by Bram Stoker in 1897 set the stage with the Victorian mindset of seduction, desire and an inability to resist or willingness to give into the sexuality that was taboo at that time. And this was the part that I really kind of latched onto. She said, the theme of you must agree to let the vampire in wasn't just about your home. Ooh. Right? Don't you like oh, that? I yeah. kind of thought that was pretty cool. Ooh, I like that. I would like to, yeah. I would like to explore that. Um, because that that's actually a nice metaphor. So it's about the consent. It, it, it's consent for one thing, but it's also you know your home is your body. If right. you if you mm-hmm. if you look at dream symbolism, I'm I'm heavy. Everyone, <sighs> uh, listeners, I'm big into Jung. I love Carl Jung. She does. And if you look at Jung and he talks about symbolism and dream symbolism and all of that, he talks about it as if well, when you read dream symbols. If you're dreaming about an attic that's symbolic of your head, you know, so like the house is the body. Uh, right. Inviting them into your house is inviting yeah, them into you. know you. what's up. Well, I mean, yes, that. And then, <laughs> then also, you know, uh, in a symbolic sense. Yeah, I really enjoyed reading that. And it, it did kind of just kind of slap me upside the head. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And, I, you know, I, I get it. It's not just about the consent, but it is also about, you know, obviously what you meant inviting them into you know your body but also your your world your everything and that's what these women do with these vampires they lose themselves in their pursuit of making the bad boy good you know we, we saw that in vampire diaries and true blood you know and i just finished watching um discovery of witches and even you know the most powerful witch on earth was you know forever trying to make her bad boy vampire husband, baby daddy, whatever you'll have call him good. You know, when, when he would get his bloodlust and she would say, come back to me, you know, she would be his touchstone. Oh, wow. Okay. So much, so much. 
a very rich topic. It is an extremely rich topic. I think that all of those things that make them attractive are recent things. There's a great scholarly book called Our Vampires Ourselves. And in that book, she's actually talking about vampires in a political way, but she talks about how we create the vampire we need. Previously, we needed vampires to be scary, but now we need vampires to be these guys that we can fall in love with. And when was that break? Like in the late 70s? Late 70s. Yeah. What, that's, that's right when around Blackula. Well, <laughs> that was the early 70s, girl. But no, like, the, like, like Anne Rice, when she gave them feelings, when she made them human-ish because prior to that they're human-ish but they're not really human-ish now they're really the most human of all monsters they really are and they have feelings and doubts and concerns and they can control themselves they have right they have self-control and i i mean along with that if you have self-control you must have free will discovery of witches their hearts beat their hearts beat not, not abstaining their hearts beat Right. Well, they, I mean, in a, okay, as we I, get. I'm qualifying Matthew Claremont from our sexiest vampire poll. No, I am. no, no, He's Joanne, because he, for me, is the ultimate vampire. Like, for you me, know, in my takes, mind, he's the ultimate. He is the ultimate apex, modern vampire. Apex vampire. Well, I don't know any other kind because I am a part. Well, I mean, I know the others, but I am part of the modern era. And I would say that he is the best representation so far really? of a vampire. Yes. I know we're going to have our, you know, I don't want to get into what I thought about Discovery of Witches because I know we're going to do a discussion on that later on in another episode. I mean, I did like it. I'm not going to lie. I did like it. But. He didn't do it for me. Uh, I don't get what everyone is seeing. I just I didn't see it. In my opinion, the modern day Gallo Glass was the hero of the story. I thought he was sexy. Um, oh, Gallo Glass is a hundred percent sexy. Yeah, I would have gone for him over Matthew de Clermont. Um, you're just a Damon Stan, right? I mean, you're just a Stan for no, Damon. but you well, are, yeah. but. No one's going to be Damon in my eyes, but excluding him and just looking at the Discovery of Witches show, Matthew Good is attractive, but just even with the accent, that usually boosts you up a couple points, but it just didn't. I think that the attraction to vampires, to specific vampire types, because there's the Edward, there's the Louis type, there's the Lestat type. Edward Cullen is probably more the Louis type. (laughs) Um, Damon is probably more the Lestat type, right? Would you agree? It started out that way, you know, and, and when I thought about what makes them attractive to me, obviously, you know, aside from the generalization of what a vampire is and what you expect from a vampire, it's really who the actor is at the end of the day, who's portraying them. Mm-hmm. And then it falls into the next category of the character. What type of person are they? And for me, Damon is the quintessential bad boy and he's turned good. And that's, really a lot of women's fantasy oh please that's the number one woman's fantasy (laughs) oh my god i took this bad boy and i fixed him (laughs) well it is you know and in general though you know it's a dark forbidden romance and it's a fantasy and they you know i wouldn't mind being dominated like that they're protective there's the element of the danger to it all and for me i get all of that from damon that character, 100%. Plus, you know, he's just, like Mark said, he's got a tight ass and some, you know, ass. <laughs> well, right. right so, so you bring up a good point, though. 
It's the physical, right? Like you look at the the vampires Absolutely. and you go, okay, physically, there's a beautiful physical. But all things being equal. Okay, so let's talk about True Blood in this regard. I went into True Blood. There are two choices there, really, for vampires. There's Vampire Bill. Which for you was no choice at all. Or no. Eric Northman. Right. Which reminds me of Farmer Ted. And Jake Ryan. Right. That's <laughs> okay. a fair so, comparison. Like, that's, a, that's the, that's the, yeah. the analogy that I would give. All right. So for me, so you're basically, all of, both of them are equal in terms of their basic skill set. They're yeah. both vampires, whatever. Eric Northman's a little older. And in that universe, he's a little bit more powerful because of it and all of that. All right. So, but all things being equal, they're, they're both vampires. And I go, okay. Both vampires, I can't see what's behind curtain number one, and it's Vampire Bill, and I'm like, I'm going to try curtain number two. <laughs> I'd like to try the box, uh, Monty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going to stop you there because all things are not equal with Vampire Bill and, and Eric. Eric is way more sophisticated. He has got a fuck-it-all attitude. And He's six foot eleven. Yes, yeah. yes. And, but that's the physical. No, that's the physical. But right. you know, Fire Bill is just more wimpy. He's more of a wimpy. He is more of a Louis. I'm telling you, this is they they set it up, yeah. and there's always a Louis and a a Lestat. Right. I see. I just have this. I have this weird vision now of Bill Compton holding up your underwear for his friends in the boys' room. <laughs> <laughs> They're like extra large boy shorts. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever you got, you know. They don't care. It's underwear. It's girl underwear. <laughs> they're, they're, all things are not equal, Christina, with Mark. I mean, with Mark. Wow. <laughs> Fuck you, Joni. <laughs> now we got to fight. <laughs> We're going to fight sorry, in New Orleans. Sorry, We're going to have a street fight on Bourbon Street. Sorry. I was just thinking about you. That's why that came yeah. out. There's a, All things are not equal. There's a black eye over Bourbon Street tonight. <laughs> you, you really think that all things are equal between Vampire Bill and Eric Northman? No, no, Eric Northman's oh, a much no. better looking guy. No, no. Oh, no. Oh. Forget, forget their look, their personality. No, their personality. Right on, yeah. Straight oh. on scene, I would go for the Eric Northman every single time because I don't want a wishy-washy kind of all right so the odds of for instance if eric northman's personality is wrapped in a less attractive guy the odds of his attractiveness to a woman or person who are attracted to men if his if his personality is strong and dominant and everything all the things that she likes the odds of his his physical his physical beauty improving to her than if there's a very gorgeous man who is a kind of wimpy, sad See, and sack. that's interesting because what you're really saying is that hyper-masculinity is really more attractive to you than someone who's more in touch with their feelings, which goes, which is contrary no, to what the stated cosmopolitan view is, right? Which is, well, we want men to be in touch with their feelings, da da, da. But really, really in your fantasy life, now in real life, I think that's probably more... Right, we're reasonable. talking about fantasy, but, but in your fantasy life, part, yeah, and then the fantasy is you turn them into that emotional creature, right? But who's also strong? It's an impossibility. Yeah, it's, it's like, a, it's like be emotional, 
but and not too emotional. <laughs> it's really <laughs> be vulnerable, but also indomitable. It's, smart. <laughs> really? it's almost like women things. set themselves up for failure with their impossible standards. It's almost right, like that. You, you know, as a man, that there's no way for you to ever oh, win. That's ever. You manage no. your expectations because they will be oh, there's it's yeah. terrible. And, and it, because men can never win, women can never win, honestly. All right, everyone. So let's wind up here. Joanne, do you want to take us out of this episode? I sure will. Thank you to everybody who took the time to listen to us today. We invite you to follow us on social media. Our podcast Twitter is at vampire underscore insider. And you can find us on our personal Twitter account. Christina is at Christina Gen X. Mark is at Mark East Peach. And I am at just block me underscore one. We hope you'll come back and listen to us again. And if you do like us, please make sure you share us with your friends. Oh, have a great day. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Wow, way to step on her shit there. I didn't mean to step on her. No, you're fine. All right, I'm going to say bye. Peace out, Vampire Scouts. <laughs>